0: hello everybody and welcome to the 307 rpg podcast i'm patrick i'm nolan zach is unable to be with with us today as he is off on the east coast visiting one of his closest friends zach we hope you're having a fantastic time with that being said nolan it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked to each other or since we've had a show how are you we're hanging in there uh it's going okay just busy Yeah. Yeah. I think busy is the uh, standard for everybody nowadays, especially with everything that's going on. It just seems like no matter what you do, you think you're going to go home and relax and nope, you got something. Kids are in school for you. So I'd imagine that's got you going, running around pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Back to school time is always a blast.
0: Yeah. I don't miss it. Uh, And Aiden is in his second year of college and I don't necessarily have to worry about that. So
1: that's crazy too.
0: It really is. I mean, you think about like when I first met you, I think Aiden was. Crush, it's been eight or nine years since you and I've been friends. So Aiden yep. must have been 10, 11.
1: That that sounds definitely correct.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think. And, and like you, of course, Zeke wasn't even born when I first met you. So and here he is, what, five?
1: Yep. Just turned
0: five kindergarten. Crazy, crazy. And Xander's nine eight eight nine is he nine yeah yeah it's wild getting old yeah yep absolutely trying to catch up i just keep moving the bar a little higher you just you just can't ever get there whatever trying i'm trying (laughs) That's good to know that's good to know well i wish i could say i've been diving into video games lately or hell any games really but i haven't i did take a moment like last weekend i was out of town i went to colorado uh, try to check out Estes Park and, and Rocky Mountain National Park. It was insane in Estes Park. Oh, my gosh. You know, Estes Park is a population of about 7000. Have you ever been to Estes, Nolan? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty little town. But this weekend, I would say there was I mean, obviously, this is nothing accurate here. Right. There's probably 60,000 people in that town. Like traffic was bumper to bumper and you could not move. Like you couldn't even cross the street, like in the crosswalks. Cause there were so many cars there. There was an art show going on. Of course it's Labor Day weekend. So people are trying to get into Rocky mountain national park, a lot of craziness in Estes. And, and it was, you know, one of those things where Colorado has a, I think it's city by city. They have a mask mandate when it comes to COVID, um, precautions. And so we were, you know, doing our best to make sure that we were wearing a masks. But I think Estes was like, OK, eh, we don't care if you wear a mask. <laughs> I think Poor little town, track.
1: so overloaded that didn't have a choice.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So we did see some people who were trying to make sure they were being cautious, other people not being cautious. Uh, like I said, we did check out an art fair, which was pretty cool. Uh, actually, we... I know my wife had wished she had a lot more money than what we had because there was a lot of pieces of art that were fairly expensive that she would have loved to have purchased. And, you know, I don't know about you, but there's definitely, when I look at art and I see a price tag, I'm like, nope. But then she looks at it and goes, oh my gosh, that's completely reasonable. And I'm like, how is $7,000 reasonable?
1: Yeah, I don't know how you price that. I I, I don't know. I suppose, you know, you could do, a hundred pieces and charge 70 bucks, or you could just do one and charge 7,000 and hope you hit the lottery.
0: So. Right. And see that, that was where actually my problem was is like some of the art pieces that we were looking at were prints of the original. It wasn't the actual original. And I can, I get it. Like I, I understand that this is the artist's time, right? This is their skill. This is their effort. This is, and and you need to pay them for that, for for that exact reason. Totally, totally 100% support that. I have some pieces that I've purchased from artists that I'm more than willing to pay, you know, full price for, so to speak. But it's also like uh, we have a piece upstairs that we purchased. I think we paid uh, about $100 for it. And it's not a very big print, but it's something that I really like. And I think it cost us about $100. And I know the original like canvas painting that this artist did, David Loza, Lazam, or something like that. I can't remember how to say his name. Um, the original canvas print is like a, a few thousand dollars and I get it. I'm totally understand that. And it's a much larger print and he's put amazing effort into it. And I'm perfectly happy to support him in buying the more inexpensive version, mostly because it fits my budget better uh, and, and still support the artist. But when you're charging, you know, several thousand dollars for a replica of your print, it just seems, I don't know, just seems. It's hard. And again,
1: not knowing, right. I mean, we'll, right. We'll look at a, a magic card. Sometimes and we'll be like, Oh, 90 bucks. That's that's good value
0: <laughs> yeah no that's and you're absolutely right and i, I don't want to think that anybody i don't want anybody to think that i'm disparaging artists at all because no. i 100 think they need to get paid it's they just shouldn't. out of our realm of understanding of how exactly. do you get there you know cost yeah. of
1: material plus time spent now again if you look at like what you know an english toffee chocolate bar will spend five dollars on this and it costs them 48 cents so the mo- <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's still that's an expensive piece of chocolate when you're spending five bucks, right?
1: Yep. So. And, and
0: like, and of course, in Estes, everything is way more expensive. Like we stopped at this place called the Highland Bard. It was a Celtic shop and they had some, some pretty neat stuff. And and I think there was there was like a vest that Shri really wanted me to buy. But I was like, you know, it's one hundred and fifty bucks. I'm just not down and because I'm only going to wear it like once or twice. And that's it. And she thought it would go great with my kilt. And I'm like, well, now you're mixing Irish and Scottish and it's not really. And she's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. But anyway, um, we did purchase a couple things at that shop, but then I got outside, like she purchased a pair of like uh, I think they were knitted gloves, right? We get outside and we started looking and that exact same company was selling those exact same gloves on Amazon for about20 dollars cheaper. Yeah, yep. So I get it. Everything is marked up, especially in those tourist towns. and you need to expect that, I guess, when you're traveling there. So whatever. That is not RPG related at all. <laughs> It happens. What about you? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks?
1: Let's see here. Uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous uh, video game came out. Um, I enjoyed the the Kingmaker one, and so I'm playing through it. It has been a interesting journey. Um, just from a standpoint of there are so many options. So they got so high on the Kickstarter that they added so many classes. And and I don't know if you felt like in I don't know how much of third edition you play but like in second edition if eventually they kept adding classes on classes on classes and they kind of fit. so right now i'm playing a slayer which is like a it would be a multi-class of like a rogue and a paladin and so it is like an assassin for the church and get skills you get you get uh, attack bonuses like a paladin but instead of like every other level of getting sneak attack you get it like every three levels So you get like a third of the sneak attack die. You don't, you know, so you kind of, you don't get the spell progression and stuff like that. So that's been a lot of fun. There's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of classes. There's an alchemist. And then there's four to five subclasses of alchemists you can be, depending on what kind of mutagens you want to go into. There's the barbarian. There's five barbarians. There's a bard. Then there's a scald. And if you want to be more of like your barbarian bard combo, you just play a scald. And then there's four subclasses. So if you want to be a dirge scald where all your songs are debuffing, or you want to be an inspirational scald where all your songs are buffing there's yeah there's just classes on top of classes there's feats i mean it's pathfinder is a very old 3.5 edition style game and it translates really well to the story story's been fantastic a lot of cool things that i could see transferring over to a really good fifth edition campaign and i think that's what it was i think wrath of the righteous was a um, like one of their mega campaigns like kingmaker was Demons basically are breaking through, and you are leading the crusade against the demon army. And since demons are chaotic, whatever, you get to be whatever you want. So you are a hero, and through this thing, you eventually start to unlock Mythical Pass, and it's kind of like... You find, uh, find Teriel's sword. And if you choose to follow that path, you're on the path to becoming an, a, like a hybrid angel. And you can inspire people and you fight the demons. Or say you just tap into your rage and you become a demon yourself and it's a chaotic evil war. Um, you could go lich and summon undead armies to fight this. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to defeat this neutral evil doesn't care and you just want your side to win. And, there, and so that's been a, a fun part of it. One of the mythical paths is called a legend and it unlocks you to it increases your experience game and makes your level cap 40. And you basically say, Forget all that stuff. I'm going to become, you know, I'm, you know, it's it kind of reminded me of like the monk that like doesn't want to deal with anything and transcends everything ever for the sake of just doing it. So I've got a very fun, I'm playing the slayer build, and then I've got a wizard, uh, uh like a blade singer build that's going. And it's a monk as well. So it's 10 levels or 20 levels of each. (laughs) And so if you imagine a 20th level monk and a 20th level blade singer, it's been, it's cool. It's been a lot of fun. And that
0: sounds like you're never going to get hit.
1: It's some pretty good AC and then yeah, mirror images and shields work differently where like shield is a buff for like an hour type situation or for a combat round instead of just, or not a combat round, a combat encounter. Um, But that's been a lot of fun. We've been doing that. We've been doing a little bit of world of Warcraft pushing um. Other than that, just really enjoying like the PlayStation stuff coming out. And then I was going to say, um, as we get into news a little bit, there is a Tenaris RPG, and I looked at it a while ago going to Kickstarter, and it has 18 days left on its Kickstarter, but it's it's an RPG adventure plus supplement for 5th edition. Um, it has some writing by Ed Greenwood, which is Aluminster and Forgotten Realms. Bruce Nesmith is in it as well. Uh, he was a director of Bethesda Game Studios, uh, lead designer for Skyrim, worked on Fallout 3 and 4, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And uh, he worked on a variety of DD products, including the Ravenloft box set, which I thought you would find interesting. So there's a lot of old school people that have kind of brought in to help write this sto- uh, tale. But anyway, their goal was, again, another low 50,000. Uh, they're at one4 Four one one point five million on this. I don't know how
0: how, how do you spell Tenaris? tanares?
1: t a n a r e s tanaris tanaras. I don't know I RPG And again, as we always talk about, like, ah, I'm not backing anything else, Nah, I not backing anything else. I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, man, we like Fifth edition. I'm just looking for more stories um, away from from gotten realms. Um, and if it transfers easy, because I find this stuff too, of like, between Tolis, something like this, Forgotten Realms. I mean, you could really just drop somebody in the middle of a homemade map and poach from all this stuff. Oh, I just saw it go up. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's always fun to see.
1: But yeah, so this one really caught my eye. I I really like the idea of the world. It's got some new subclasses, got some new classes. I really like some of the customization in it. Part of their design there is uh, create your own super team, choose your specialization, design your flag and headquarters. So I... I think that was probably one of the biggest things we when we played Curse of Strahd and having the white dragon hold, you know, and then like some of my favorite like animes like fairy tale. It's nice to have home base, right? It's nice to have, and and a lot of the games that I play, like Kingmaker, you eventually become like a baron of an area and you got to deal with disputes and that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like that helps in downtime between adventures a little bit. And it's nice to just have a home to go to or something to fight for. Uh, but it looks cool. The monsters look cool. The art looks good. The Kickstarter looks like a, a solid one. Uh, anyway, that was on my radar, doing a little bit of homework there and it's been about it. That's it's been it for two weeks.
0: So that 10 I'm looking at the, the project here in man. I mean, you could dump some money under this. That's for sure. The fact
1: that it comes with like the miniatures cards, you know, uh, the super kits where they've got board games as well, since you've got the guy who did, I, and I don't know a lot about like the box sets and stuff like that from back in the day. Um, But if you've got somebody that you've brought in to help with that as well, that kind of gives me some 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 curiosities to see because then you know you get the board game, the minis or the monsters. Like I I like that kind of stuff where I'm not buying minis for a and setting. I've got the minis from the
0: board. You know some of that stuff I think is cool. So I actually purchased the original Ravenloft box set that Bruce Naismith has worked on, which is kind of funny, and, and it was uh, much different than like what we see in the box sets now. It's much different from like the, the Curse of Stride revamped or or even the Beatles and Grimm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So that one would have it would have maps. It would have character cards but they were bigger, like almost like postcard style. Or I remember the Curse of Strahd, or not the Curse of Strahd, but the Strahd Von Zarevich one was like an eight and a half by 11 inch sheet. It was made on card stock and then you had Strahd stats and history on the back. So, it, and, it, and of course it came with an adventure and usually it was a smaller booklet, kind of like what um, Beatles and Grimm has done. Uh, so yeah, I, the, the box sets were great and they were usually like 24.95 or something like that, or $20. Uh, of course, back then that's probably like $80 now. Uh, <laughs> So, no, I, I think this is fascinating. I did go ahead and grab a link to this uh, Kickstarter and throw it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to take a look at that, please do. Like Nolan said, it's at $1.47 right now and, and just continuously going up. It looks like there's multiple options to buy in. Like you can just get one of the Tenaris books or for like $70, you can get all the digital files, uh, which is probably... If you if you're trying to save money and still want to get everything, that's probably your best value right there.
1: Yeah, and it, it looked like uh, one digital book of your choice is twenty five bucks. So I mean, okay. if you wanted to get the player's guide, somebody get the source book. But I like I like the maps. I like the art. Some of the 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 miniatures are some of the better ones
0: I've seen. Yeah, that dragon one that they're showing in the video is pretty amazing.
1: You get down to like the abysmal creatures and stuff like that. Uh, you get the. Man, I don't know. I, that's, that's where they get you, I suppose. <laughs> but again, a, a really cool, like a, a scenario pack um, has a bunch of stuff Or If you were really into the miniature side of things, it looks like they're really leaning into having that option as well. Um, man.
0: And I like that they have a uh, the dragon is amazing.
1: I like the Hell Knight on the Weird Horse, but I like that they have the uh, um, you can get the miniatures unpainted or painted, which I think is cool. That's a nice option to see arena tile. I mean, it's it's yeah. I would hate to see what happened if you started clicking everything. Uh, you you probably be in this thing pretty deep, but
0: yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it's interesting. Like I'm looking at the miniatures, like you said, and just some of the ones that they've spoiled. Of course, some of them are still under stretch goal lock, right? Uh, but some of the ones they spoiled, God, they look great.
1: I like the extra classes as well. Dragon Blade, something called a Mad Walker, an Elementalist, and a Redeemer. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's neat. I like the art style. I like... Uh, it caught my eye. It has some big names to it. Way of the Kinetic Fist Monk. I mean, I'm down when you start mixing psionics and monks. I always thought that should have been a lot more uh, all the time.
0: Did you see the Penumbral Dragon? I did. Whoa, nothing <laughs> mm. scary.
1: Yeah, so it looks like they've got some pretty good stretch goals. Uh, looks like they got a few more to hit as far as like locations and stuff like that. But I, I don't know, I, I'll keep my eye on it. That's for sure. 18 days left.
0: That's awesome. Yep. Link is in the show notes. So be sure you check that out if that's something you're interested in. All right, so let's jump over to the news real quick. Um, before we do though, I just want to say our topic of the night is actually kind of a Oh, these are a few of our favorite things or, or the things that we're most looking forward to. There's been a lot of stuff that was spoiled the last couple of weeks, and and we thought it might be fun just to talk about some of the stuff that we're looking forward to, be it film or you know, cinema or books or video games or whatever. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. There is a little tiny bit of news to talk about, and we're going to jump, of course, as we always do, with to D&D. Uh, there was a preview of the Jabberwock, a monster from Wild Beyond the Witchlight, uh, uh, recently released on D&D Beyond. This monster, I didn't realize this, was released in the second edition D&D's Monster Compendium annual number three, which if they're the books I'm thinking of, they were these big, like long, almost like legal legal paper length, but not width, uh, books uh, that were paperback and all black and white, and um, anyway, if they're the ones I'm thinking of. This is a... They're calling it what? Are the, what is some sort of dragon? Uh, the burbling dragon. Now, this is of course influenced by Lewis Carroll's Jabberwocky. If you're not familiar with the Jabberwocky, which would blow me away if you're not, uh, this is from Alice Through the Looking Glass or Alice in Wonderland. I do have a link in the show notes of the video of Benedict Cumberpatch reading the poem. The Jabberwocky on Mondays uh, for D and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, sure is the burbling dress guy. CR thirteen. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I, th- I
1: think that one's going to
0: be a tough one. There's some
1: some coolness that happens there. Um, but when it attacks uh, charisma saving throws, uh, I'm happy it only has 115 hit points because anything longer than three rounds, you're probably not having a good time.
0: Right. And, and I think that's probably... So I was looking at it just quickly. The things that caught my eye was, number one, the AC of 18 which was, a, I thought, that's pretty high. But then I looked at how low the hit points, because I've seen, like, characters, you know, of a decent level, especially at that level, throw out some massive damage in one swing. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see how the creature's going to hold up. I was listening to, I, so I, of course, I wanted to listen to the poem after reading this, right? And I don't know, are you familiar with the poem at all, Nolan? Have, is it, how long has it been? It's It's been a while. Yeah, I kind of figured. I figured you knew it, but it's been a while. So, like, one of the things they talk about in the poem is the young man who fights the Jabberwocky is carrying a vorpal sword. Which I thought, wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, And there were some other tie ins and I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I thought, you know, it'd be really neat if um, if Watsi has pulled like, okay, if you fight the Jabberwock with a vorpal sword, you actually get a bonus, you know, things like that. I thought would be really neat. So who knows? It's
1: cool though. I like to see, and
0: I like to see the. Uh,
1: I don't know. It's one thing to look at a monster stat and be like, "Okay," and but when they start looking at like how to do it or some good ideas, I like to see that other kind of the create creative juices flowing for your epic fights. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree because I mean, it's one thing to fight a red dragon. Right. And then there's another thing to fight a, a red dragon when the scenario has been thoroughly planned out and the DM knows exactly how to run the fight, knows what to expect, and makes it so where it is an epic, challenging fight. With the one I love, those fights where at the end of the day, the entire, you know, like the players lean back and go, Oh my God, that was tough. Yeah. You know,
1: and I think, I think if you look at it as probably non realistic or comparison, I guess, I mean, we're talking about dragons here, but the Hobbit, right? If you want to talk about, probably a really solid encounter with a red dragon that has everything right you're trying to sneak in you get caught the dm's like you got caught why did you split the party or whatever and the thief happens to have like a 30 and you know persuasion you know he's got expertise in persuasion he's dropping 30 bombs okay we're having a conversation here that's fine and then you got the person at the table that's like all right you know what We've waited long. How long has it been? Well, it's been like five minutes. No, it's been like two hours. We're going to get them, right? And then they just come barreling in as shit hits the fan. And now all of a sudden you've got this encounter going through different layers of the dungeon, right? So, again, like that's in my mind, that's like, can you imagine that as an encounter? And like, well, how do you finish it? Well, we uh, we start the forges. Well, it's they're cold. Can I get the dragon a blow fire on me? I guess. Let me roll a percentile. Sure shit. You got it. He, he blows fire on, okay, the forges are hot. What are you doing? How much gold and how much of that statue is finished? God damn it. There's quite a bit of it finished. It's going to be okay. Okay, it's trapped in. Well, it's hot. It's a dragon. It's not going to be dead. Now it's pissed at you, and I'm tired of fighting you guys, and you're already spent, so it's going to go kill the town. Good job. It's going to destroy the village. <laughs> it's it's sick of you.
0: And then that one party member that you left back at the village. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's where we close for the night. Guys, we're back at town. This is what's happening. Oh, cool. I happen to have a dragon slaying arrow. God damn it. Okay, you one-shot it. Yep. It's a crit. Ice smite. Whatever. <laughs> 115 damage. The dragon's dead. Huh. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. Good job. I guess you level up. You're now the king of the town.
0: Uh- <laughs> right, right. The rest but. of you, fuck off.
1: <laughs> Bard
0: <laughs> over here.
1: Yep, good job. Well, you guys have a keep with all the gold. He got all the experience in the town. Uh, oh, what Bard's mad now he wants some of your treasure, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally destroying the party. Here we go. <laughs> all
1: right, greed takes over. How do you want to do this? So. Anyway, there's a, there's a nice rant of that's how awesome. to play it, <laughs> go with it. But yeah, I, I think those things of when you have those multiple layers to a character or to a, even the bad guy, right. I think that's great.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Gale Force 9 has partnered with Wizards of the Coast to release some interesting and pretty cool products to enhance your playing experience in this new setting. Uh, these include new miniatures, an extra large DM screen. And I mean extra large. I think there's like an eight panel DM screen. It's uh, pretty big. It is. It has information for the three splinter realms of Hither, Thither, and Yawn, uh, and more. And also some maps to be used at your table. All the products looked highly detailed. Nolan, did you take a look at those?
1: I did. I I will say out of all of... I would probably play one of these uh, rabbit folk. I think they look really cool. What? I know. I'm not much of a furry, but I could... I don't know. I don't know what it is. And maybe it is because of the way their ears are up. I just imagine them looking like the Ninja Turtle headbands, so I can see them as Ninja Turtles, and Ninja Turtles were cool. So there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, they they look cool. Uh, I am... I am very much not excited for this one as far as like campaigns go and stuff like that but i am curious to see what it is again there's a lot of times where i'm like yeah that's not my jam and i look at it and i'm like all right i was wrong
0: right right yeah i'm not sure how i feel about feel about this setting in particular i don't think it's going to be a book that i buy it will be one that i will look at and read like articles about it just to see where my interest lies with it i do think the fey wild is a fascinating area but i'm not so sure it's something i want to spend a whole lot of time in but who knows
1: well i think that's one of those things of again it being the first one in the Fey wild and starting to see some of these planes um i think there's enough of the elves out there and a and interest that I'd be curious um, just to kind of get a, a feel of what it's supposed to be like. Uh, again, yeah. the carnival thing is not really my jam. I still have a childhood fear of clowns, so <laughs> I mean, it feels very dark moon
0: fairish to me. yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that. So I don't know i I, I am curious to see it seeing an entire adventure where you can you're you're better off not fighting. I think it's very interesting to see how that goes. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that as well. Sure, Um, Especially after playing vampire and stuff like that. Like that's where I'm saying, I think I'd probably be pleasantly surprised.
0: Speaking of pleasantly surprised, although not necessarily D&D news, uh, but still within the boundaries of 5e, Tracy and Laura Hickman, uh, Tracy, of course, is one of the original, I think Laura was involved too, one of the original creators of Dragonlance, have announced a new setting for 5e, Sky Raiders of Abrax. Abrax? Abrax? Whatever. There isn't a lot of information about this out there yet. Uh, They did say it is coming to Kickstarter this fall, they're calling the setting a sky-high fantasy and said it is brought to life through their unique living tome system which I did a little tiny bit of research on Living Tome System. And it's really how Vampire the Masquerade was created when you had these books like the Book of Nod, so to speak, where it is a book that you can buy for outside the game. But yet, if you have a copy of it, you can use some of the information inside the game. So it's kind of this, the books help guide the creation of the story. Uh, Nolan, did you take a look at this uh, Sky Raiders of Abrax?
1: I did. I'm... I will say that I am a big fan of flying boats. Sure. <laughs> I'm not much for the high-sea thing, but I think there's something very cool when you start seeing them float in the sky. And I I don't know if, what triggers that. I think it's probably some of the... Uh, when you start bringing technology of that scale in, is really cool. And the cover art with you know the the, the backseat or whatever it is with the navigational tools, it has a high... Honestly, Maybe not all the way steampunk yet, but almost like a modified between the two where they've used magic for science to create these floating things. So I think it's really cool. I like that kind of stuff. And again, a a way to travel, uh, another home base that limits you from not just being on the ocean. You know, I, I think it gives a lot of options. And again, they wrote, right? They wrote Dragonlance, and that was a campaign first, and then they told the story. So I'm. I'm curious to see what they come up with.
0: So I I did just a little bit of, you know, just kind of analyzing the photo, if you will, or the picture, if you will, of of what. I mean, because that's really all the detail we have, right? It Mm -hmm. does look like it's drawing on Victorian age steampunk elements and then throwing D&D fantasy into it, um, which I'm okay with. I'm perfectly okay with that. I love steampunk. I love Victorian age steampunk. uh, And I like the idea of dwarves and elves and tabaxi and things like that using that. It gives me not super heavy, but almost a Carnival Row type feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that. So I, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, we Like I said, we don't have any more information than that. So is a good teaser. there is a link to the uh, the website in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. So over at Onyx Path, uh, the last two weeks have seen the release of backer PDFs for Deviant the Renegade as well as Mummy the Curse. Uh, Deviant has gone on sale for POD on Drive-Thru RPG. I don't believe Mummy the Curse has done that quite yet. Uh, the print copies of these and other print-ready books... Will not be delivered until early next year, as Onyx Pass has said, there is complication with supplies for their printers, Um, which we knew about. uh, We talked about that a few weeks ago. So it's nothing that I mean, this is just an industry issue. I mean, every industry is being affected in some way, so. Uh, Onyx Path is gearing up for the launch of their latest Kickstarter, the deluxe edition of uh, Werewolf 20th Anniversary Edition Apocalyptic Record. The Kickstarter page was sent to Paradox for approval. Uh, Sounds like once they have that, they will get everything in place for the launch. I did reach out to Rich Thomas and Matthew Dawkins at Onyx Path and inquired about an interview with someone from the Apocalyptic Record team. Uh, Matthew is working on getting someone to come and chat with us if that's possible. So he did point me in the right direction. I want to thank him for doing that. So we'll see if that goes through. I have no idea. Uh, we did. I know we mentioned going kind of off subject here. We did mention a couple weeks ago that we were working on getting an interview with Magpie Games about Avatar, that Kickstarter, that that project. Uh, that Kickstarter did close at like I don't know a gazillion million dollars. <laughs> Like over 9.5. Yeah, it was huge. And Magpie did say because of that, just how busy everything was, that their creative team was completely bogged down in interviews. So they just didn't have anybody who was free enough to come and join us. So so unfortunately, that will not be coming. Uh, Perhaps as we get closer to the actual release of that project we can have somebody from Magpie come on and talk to us about it just to help generate some excitement or even fill us in on it. It is something that was backed by our crew. Um, I'm very excited to see Nolan and his kids play that game. Yeah, me too. So let's jump down to free league real quick. Uh, Our listeners should know that we've been pretty excited about some stuff coming out from free league, uh, specifically the runes of Simbrum and the one ring. Zach uh, backed the uh, Runes of Symbarum project, and I backed the One Ring project, which I think is going to be very exciting. I know Zach did send us the preview for the Runes of Symbarum. I didn't get a chance to look at that yet. Have you, Nolan?
1: I did not. I couldn't get the link to open. Uh,
0: Maybe maybe that's what happened. I couldn't remember why I I didn't look at it. So uh, maybe I just need to reach out to Zach and say, hey, help us out here, buddy. Ah, uh, Free League did send out a video, of the preview copy of the rule, the core rulebook for the One Ring. Did you look at that one? I saw the uh,
1: kind of the flip through. Uh, yep, that's what, what they, it was. Okay, uh, it it looks like a massive book. I mean, it looks bigger than I thought it was going to be.
0: It does, and and again, I keep saying this about Free League stuff, but the artwork looks amazing. Yeah, it's great. So I'm super, super excited about that. It sounds like they are getting closer and closer to the release of that book. They talked about that one shipping this fall, which that would be an amazing turnaround on a Kickstarter project that big, because I think I backed that what back in June, maybe. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe I guess it was probably closer to May, but whatever. It wasn't that long ago. So that is all the news I could find. Is there anything that you see that I'm missing? I don't think so. It's kind of a quiet time right now. So let's talk about some of the things that we are looking forward to, because I know there's a few things that we've both expressed an interest in. I mean, John Wick meets The Matrix. Why not? Um, (laughs) So let's start there. Uh, Matrix... Resurrections. The official trailer was released recently, and wow.
1: Yeah, I'm I like when I see a trailer and I have more questions than answers. I mean, usually I feel like, oh, sometimes you've seen the whole movie, right? And right this one here, I I just can't wait to see what they do.
0: Now I'm gathering just from the information that I read, is that a lot of the stuff in this movie is being pulled from a, a video game of the Matrix?
1: So there was a MMO of the matrix and part of that is dealing i mean there's a few things that happen um but one of the major things that happened in that game was uh morpheus dies right and he is still really pissed off because the machines won't give them back neo's body and that's the still the point for the fight is morpheus wants neo to come home and they're like, no, this is part of the deal. And he's waging, you know, starting shit, starting shit. And eventually they assassinate him. The robots take him out during the peacetime. And so I don't know what we're seeing, right? And I think it's one of those things of as as much of it had the, uh, the biblical, you know, sacrifice. We knew a resurrection was coming. I mean, it just is what it is. And what form is it? You see a lot of stuff. You don't know how much is flashback. You don't know if it's maybe the next iteration. Maybe there's always a one, there's always a Morpheus, there's always whatever. The other thing is uh, some of the, I don't know, some of the stuff just look really cool, right? When he's looking in the mirror and you kind of see the age or whatever, you know, type situation, maybe it's, maybe it's, not, it, maybe it's his subconscious in a body because his body's dead. So maybe that's where part of the deal is they have trinities soul or whatever you want to call it her download and that's part of his thing is like i want to be with her and he made that choice but nobody knew he made that choice as part of the deal so he went back to be with her forever type. you know who knows right so i i'm excited to see you know The, you know, the red pill versus the blue pill. You know, you've got Morpheus in red. You've got that other program that kind of looks like the one that was with the Oracle last time and similar, but is blue. So maybe she's part of the system. Neil Patrick Harris is a therapist who has blue glasses. The little girl that looks like that was rescued, looks like she's kind of grown up, has the red glasses, is like the new Oracle. So I don't know. It and it was just great. It's like, man, there's enough stuff here to make people just. Speculate for days. Is it the last system? Is that young Morpheus? And doesn't know. Is this, you know, whatever. I mean, can't wait. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, it looks really, really good. Uh, I watched the trailer this morning. Then I watched it again. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, my goodness. There were so many things. Number one, of course, the Matrix was such a big deal when it first came out. I wasn't a big fan of the last Matrix movie. Um, I watched it, but I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, the first two were amazing. And the first one was just mind boggling, right? Uh, so to me, to see this this movie, I really hope this kind of ties up and and lets this franchise finish on a very high note. Uh, and I don't know if this is the last movie or not. I know this one is not done by the Wachowski brothers. It's just done by Lana. And the only reason I say Wachowski brothers is because that's how they identified when the first matrix movies came out
1: well it'll be i think online it, it, with the younger cast maybe they are setting up to restart or tell it, more it, of the story
0: you're right she could be uh, doing that
1: um and then if you ever get a chance go back through and watch the animated series they did kind of like that kind of stuff uh it was so good and again filled in some of the gaps. it's it's a great world as right. far as that stuff goes like it's a, it's a great idea we can all understand it um as far as from a principal thing i loved love love that the the freedom fighters now like neo's looking around and everybody's so engulfed in social media like nobody's trying to break free they're just going into a new system and and poking a fun at we are we will, willingly like that's why it's so much more peaceful this time, right? There's no fights. There's no like the streets are more safe because everybody's locked in and engaged into their own little world of their own. So they've put themselves right. in their own matrix. And I was like, oh, what a nice little I mean, I'm excited for new world of how real some of that stuff became.
0: I agree. I think it looks great. Uh, the only. And I know I I joked about it. The only issue I have is, is that especially with the way with, with Kenner Reeves his facial hair and his, and his hair in general. I mean, it just screams John wick, right? It absolutely screams John wick. John wick finally realized he's actually in the matrix and that all John wick movies are actually what Neo has been doing. And, (laughs)
1: Yeah, he got tired of hiding behind cover, so now he just stops bullets.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think that's one of those things of I imagine you know getting ready for another John Wick movie, um, you know, you got to grow your hair out, you got to do the beard thing. So, uh, yeah, that's got to be rough. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that one though. That's it's been a while since, and I feel not necessarily original, but I feel like the Matrix was one of the last ones that I felt was like. A unique story. Like that's kind of when I think back to what was the last original tale that wasn't Harry Potter, wasn't a comic book, wasn't Marvel, wasn't DC, wasn't, you know, again, like didn't have something that we've brought forward. And not saying that's a, a bad thing, but just an original ish idea. I felt like John Wick was kind of another one of those. It was kind of a, you know, I mean, it's a shoot em up, bang, bang, or whatever, but it's kind of an original it's not copying anything that I know of. I don't think there was
0: a comic book yet or
1: so. We haven't had a good original story idea in a long time.
0: Right, right. You know, speaking of comic book movies, and I haven't, I didn't mention this in the show notes, but of course, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has been absolutely tearing it up in the box office. And I think it's awesome that we're seeing a Marvel movie that's not tied to the Avengers. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that, but at least not tied to the original phase one of Marvel do so well. Uh, I have not had a chance to see this movie yet. I did not purchase it because um, I know a lot of people are doing theater at home. I haven't done that. I do want to see it, uh, but I haven't done it yet. Have you had a chance to watch it? I haven't.
1: Uh, same boat waiting to to see it. Uh, and I, I agree. There is so much again. Well, I think you look at like how much you enjoyed Daredevil. Um, how much, oh, you know, so good. It doesn't have to be civil war to be good.
0: So right, right, yep. So I'm excited. I actually am excited to watch Shang Ji. I need to set a time time to actually do that. But other things that, now. This is probably the one that I think we're both super excited for, but yet very pumping the brakes, uh, cautiously optimistic, as my phrase often is. And that, of course, is the Wheel of Time. We did get that trailer released. I thought it was vague enough to keep us interested in seeing what's going on, but yet strong enough to tell us or show us, especially if you're a fan of the books, each of the individual characters, because we saw Matt, we saw Perrin, we saw Rand, we saw Egwene, we saw Moraine, we saw, I don't remember seeing Land, but we saw, yeah. was he in there? Yep. So there was, uh, and I think we even saw Lewis Theron. Um, there was enough in there that it made those people who know the books, who love the books go, oh, shit. So, yeah, I know you're you're a little bit more cautious about this one than I am. So, I want to turn to you and get your thoughts on this one.
1: Well, I, th- I think it's one of those things of uh, how do you? It's such a massive story, and you can't give like you can't give away what's happening, right? I mean, the big thing, you know, the 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 Dragon Reborn is the whole story, but we don't know where or what and how until very much later in the tale. So you can't just open with it and be like, oh, this is, this is who the story is about, or these three are, these four are, these five are like, you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you get people hooked on something without giving it away? So for me, it's like all the books blend together. And I was like, well, yeah, but I didn't get to see anything I wanted to see. I'm like, oh yeah, most of that stuff probably doesn't happen for, you know, till the end of the tale or whatever. Um, there is a very cool scene towards the end when she's uh, summoning the lightning storm and, uh, and she's kind of doing the movement stuff. You see land like rolling around through the magic, cutting people down. And it was just one of oh, those.
0: I didn't see that. I need to go back and watch that.
1: Yeah. He's I uh, I don't know who the actor is, uh, but he's uh, he very much looks like a samurai warrior type situation, like a, a martial artist for sure. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, she's summoning and conjuring the storm and they're kind of rushing her and he's just kind of, whispering through the conduits of energy, just cutting down things, protecting her. And I got so excited about, because that is one of the coolest parts of watching the caster and the, you know, the, the, the warder. I can't remember, you know, again, it's been years since I've the protector of them. So it's, it's legit awesome. And I talked to a few people that absolutely love the story and they seemed pretty pumped about it as well. Um, And it really is. I mean, from a realistic standpoint, you know, the Dragon Reborn is, is kind of like, it's it's kind of like Aragon and Lord of the Rings, right like it's got this destiny it's doing this thing, but it is so much more about the other pieces of it's not about him becoming king, right it's just a side piece that happens to happen during this major magical warfare, you know and so they did a good job of showing the the magical warfare uh, so. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm hoping it's good. They did get picked up for a season two already, right? Um, and I heard a lot of it took a lot of time because it sounded like they they kind of did the Lord of the Rings style where they built a lot of sets, they built a lot of props, they built a lot of towns. It looks really good, and it also rolls me back to being excited for uh, another one coming out, which is the the Lord of the Rings, yeah, Amazon yeah, series. Yep. So if they're taking that kind of care in this one here, and
0: and you got to know you have huge shoes to fill. Oh, my From. gosh. Right. I mean, so for me, Wheel of Time, when I think about Wheel of Time, because I first read uh, the, Eye of, the Eye of the Dragon, right? Isn't that the first one? Holy cow. It's been so long. I actually am. I keep telling myself I need to go back and read it because I, I never finished a series because I think I got the path of daggers and just kind of stopped because there was so much and it just seemed like it was never going to end. And of course, Robert Jordan died uh, and Brandon Sanderson, fantastic writer. Glad that they tapped him to finish the series, had to come in and finish it. So I, I I need to go back and reread it. Um, If,
1: if you count, uh, there is a prequel that's set 20 years before that deals with the war. So you kind of get that that came out later. Um, But in total, there are 14 books. And if you decided to listen to it on audio, it would take you 19 days, 5 hours and 25 minutes of continuous reading. Listen, No, 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 no.
0: So Eye of the World was the first book in the series, not Eye of the Dragon. Um, And and what caught me, I remember my friend in high school, his name was Scott. He was reading the book in him and I, we go back and forth, uh, reading different books, reading fantasy novels. And this book, what I was so intrigued by it was the, the town or the, the, the community of the two rivers. Cause I grew up in the community of two rivers in Alaska. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to read this. And I just remember being completely smitten with this book i couldn't put it down i and i joke and i've talked about this before on the show that i used to skip school just to read well this was the series that i would skip school to read because whenever the new book would come out i had to stay home and read it and i think for me um i got into the series soon enough that the great hunt was still in trade paperback it was a bigger paperback version and then what's i don't even remember the series all the books I need to look it up real quick. Uh, What's so it's the eye of the world. And then is the great hunt next? Yes. Eye of the world, great hunt then dragon reborn. Okay. So I remember buying the dragon reborn when it came out in hardback and just being stupidly excited about getting that book. Um, And this was like other friends of mine within the um, of the new spring. That's the one you were talking about. Okay. Other friends of mine that in high school, we would all just like you were lined up at Walden books waiting for this book to come out because we were so excited about it. And the same with the shadow rising, the fires of heaven, Lords of chaos. Uh, So yeah, about path of daggers is when I finally stopped reading, which is funny because I have a signed copy of the path of daggers by Robert Jordan. Oh, very cool. So I need to go back and reread every one of these books. Uh, And I think I would thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy reading every one of these books. And I am stupidly excited for this show.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting to take. I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, uh, he really hates Rand. Like, just really like that guy is so whiny. And so (laughs) it's just one of those things I'm like. Yeah, I should probably reread them, too, as an adult. Because as a kid, I was like, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the boys or anything like that. And just about anybody that's read it as an adult hates the boys. <laughs> so it's like,
0: interesting. That's, that is funny. I will say that I was never a big fan of Brand. Matt and Perrin were my favorites.
1: Yeah, Matt was fantastic. And so was Perrin.
0: Yep, I love the idea of rolling the dice just to see how things are going to go. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I like, I again, I think the story, it would be an interesting um take to do it i'm curious to see how it evolves right to to modern era to make it fit too because yeah But anyway yeah. yeah that that looked like a great trailer for sure um go back watch it again look for land He.
0: yeah I'm, go- I'm going to trust me you know the other thing i'm really excited about it when it comes to and this is true in any fantasy novel or fantasy adaptation of a novel movie whatever i can't speak um learning how to pronounce the names
1: well or at least yeah listening to how they choose to do so right <laughs>
0: Like I used to say, Egwin, right? And then a friend of mine's mm-hmm. like, No, it's Egwene. And I'm like, Oh, that probably does make sense. Uh, Moraine Sedai. I don't even know if I'm saying Sedai correctly, for that matter. Is it Sedai? Is it Sedai? I right. don't know. So yeah, it yeah. makes sense. I I uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm stupidly excited for this show. Yeah,
1: I'm. I like. I'm happy it's a series. I'm happy it's not a movie. I feel like you can tell more across. You know eight to 13 hours and you can right. off of too. Right. So,
0: and I, and I think as always, when we see these kind of things, we have to remember that this is a cinema adaptation of the books. It's not going to be the books, you know, through and through, hopefully mm-hmm. there's enough there that we can recognize the books. You know, that's, that's yeah. my big thing is, can I recognize it? Can I recognize this as the eye of the world? Or is this going to be, you know, the eye of the world, the great hunt and the dragon reborn all blended into one.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we do see that where they'll just use it. Again, I'm a huge Borderlands fan um, and seeing that they're making a movie of it and seeing who they've casted in roles already like makes my stomach, tummy, tummy flop like, Oh crap. So, <laughs> so that stuff is kind of, you know, again, not everything has to be like it. I was a, I'm a huge book fan of Lord of the Rings, not seeing the Dunedain warrior show up broke my heart and I still hate
0: it, but, I still love the movies you so. still love the movies yep yeah. um in fact that one uh tiktok i said you earlier this week talking about the different languages that gandalf and and um um uh, sauron spoken was awesome yep yeah i thought that was fascinating
1: the, the little details and again mm-hmm. that's one of those things if you handle it with care it's going to come through
0: absolutely absolutely so when it comes to um games let's let's talk games um because that's what we normally talk about on this for me my 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 excitement is definitely on the products that i have coming from kickstarter and yep. as although i'm excited about like some of the ancillary products like there's still a book coming out for cults of the blood gods that i'm really excited about for vampire the masquerade um but i don't think any of them have me as excited as free leagues the one ring i am just head over heels in love with this project and absolutely it's like I'm, every day I, I go to the mailbox with this like faint glimmer of hope that it's going to be there even though i know goddamn well it's not going to be there um it's that christmas morning what did you get for christmas anticipation i cannot wait to have that product in hand
1: yeah it's it's really pretty <laughs> it is uh, i'm excited to see that one
0: it's gonna be one of those where I like text you hey it just came in i have
1: yeah let's check it out
0: most
1: of what i've got coming have been some interesting things that are uh on the digital side um again playstation 5 4 whatever had kind of it's opening this weekend we saw a new god of war game dealing with thor that's pissing everybody off i don't know if you've seen how that's made everybody mad the
0: artwork of thor i heard that's got people very angry
1: Right, which is hilarious because if you look at it, it's probably the most realistic representation of Thor. It reminds me of uh, your world bodybuilder guy. Oh, Hap Thor. Yeah, he's got the he's got the bodybuilder like gut, like world strongest man type thing, beer drink, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That thing. So and he doesn't look like Hollywood Thor. And so
0: people are like, Oh, he's supposed to be hot, and everybody else is. Have like, you he's a... seen Hap Thor recently? I know he cut a lot of weight and 115 pounds. That guy looks, holy crap. Yeah.
1: So, but it, you know, you see those guys that are really strong, the bodybuilders, right? They're bulked that way for a reason. And so that's what the art is. The art looks fantastic. I'm excited for it. Um, He's got the big old barrel belly on it from drinking the beer. And, you know, I mean, it's like, Dude, he looks like he's gonna mess you up in a fight he doesn't look like he's gonna like worried about getting his hair in a knot or something so um that looked really cool uh nice of the old republic looks like it's getting remastered and i, I for playstation 5 i love that game hopefully it's similar to what they did uh, again one of those things of i don't know i don't know if i want it to be similar to what it was or the same story modernized like i, I don't know it was a fantastic story though that one looks really good um probably the biggest game that I'm excited for coming out is tiny Tina's wonderland, which is what is is that. (laughs) So in borderlands, there was an expansion called, uh, let's see assault on dragon keep. And tiny Tina is a little psychopath girl that likes explosions and blowing up bad guys. And she's like six, seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. And you just fall in love with Tina because she talks like a, a, a gangster. And like, sub bitches explosions and like that kind of stuff. Right. So she is fantastic character. You fall in love with tiny Tina. Well, the main character gets killed and she can't deal with it. She can't process it. So she asks all the main characters of the game to sit down and play a game of bunkers and badasses with her, which is dungeons and dragons. And she tells the story of how the evil bad guy slays a noble hero, Roland, who's the main character. Um, and that's how she deals with the coping mechanism of him actually being dead and not coming back. Um, in her own little messed up way. And it's just such a heartbreaking, fun field fantasy guns and D and D. Well, it was so popular that they just made it even more. And instead of having like the specific classes that you normally would have like, Oh, well, I'm the guy that summons this. You can kind of create your character. You can have swords. You can mix magic with your guns. uh, You're going to fight skeletons. You're dealing like, it looks like D and D meets Borderlands pew pew shooter. And, I am super excited for it. It looks like a lot of fun, but it, it is just such an homage to I don't know. It it's it's very much, yeah. It looks cool. If you get a chance, watch the trailer. It looks fun. Um take your take your Benadryl so you don't get motion sickness that's for a person. But yeah, uh, you know how I am. <laughs> but i l I, I I'm a big Borderlands fan. I love the the humor. Um, I like the gameplay. I love the guns, the loot. It's it's Diablo 3 meets Shooter, and now I've got my Shooter meeting my Diablo 3. With my, I don't know. I can't wait. That looks like a blast. Um, there There's a lot of really cool games um, coming out, but that's that's my jam right there.
0: Nice. I don't have any video games that I'm super excited for. I have been trying to spend some time playing Warhammer Total War 2. Uh, definitely been getting into that a lot more. There's, I feel pretty lost in it, to be honest. So I've been trying to watch some videos on try- just to get an idea of, of better gameplay. I played Shogun Total War when it first came out, and it was fantastic. It's an amazing, I love the game, right? So I've been trying to play this one uh, and get into it. Uh, I am enjoying it. I've probably got I don't know 10 or 12 hours sunk into it, which I know is not a whole lot. so there's definitely some things I want to do more with that. Uh, but other things that I'm looking forward to and I have actually purchased this but I haven't had a chance to look at it and it's actually a book um, you know there's obviously been stuff like I know the starlight Enclave it came out. I actually grabbed that on Audible and was listening to that at work. Um, there's other uh, other things that I you know have listened to. I've been trying to use audible more. I'm not really a Book on tape person but it definitely helps pass the time at work however there was a book that i saw that was recommended um a random tiktok that i saw and in the book is called the the priory of the orange tree have you ever heard of this Nope, i hadn't either so i was kind of curious and this guy highly recommended he there was five books so i'm going to talk about two of them um so the priory the priory of the orange tree is written by samantha shannon uh it is a compelling high fantasy novel filled to the brim with dragons dueling religions magic and political intrigue shannon's strength is breathing new life into the genre with a cadre of richly imagined powerful women at the center of its unforgettable fantasy world the three civilizations at the heart of shannon shannon's book have all been shaped and honed by their relationship to dragons In the matriarchal uh virtudom Dragons are seen as entirely evil, while in the East they are worshipped and ridden by dragon riders. In the South, a group of female mages live to keep the evil draconic leader, the Nameless One, and his ilk in check. It soon becomes clear that the Nameless One will return and that civilization will rise and fall in the process. It is in these moments when societies collide and a richly detailed world emerges that Shannon is at her best. And I've read other reviews, and every one of them just speaks so highly of this book. Uh, It's a massive book, uh, several hundred pages. I think the book is like this thick, right? Uh, But I I recently purchased it, and I got to tell you, I just need to get through a couple of other things. I'm super excited to read this book. Nice. And there's another one I wanted to talk about. So this is called The Lies of La Lamora." Have you ever heard of that one? Mm -hmm. I had never heard of this. Apparently it's in the Gentleman Bastard series. So have you read this one?
1: I have not. It is. uh, It's one of the ones that uh, it pops up a lot on my. uh, uh, Recommended for you.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I ended up, again, purchasing this one based on that same TikTok, um, which maybe I should spend less time watching TikTok and more time doing work. I don't know. Um, but just some of the stuff like even George R.R. R. Martin wrote his review is fresh, original and engrossing, uh, gorgeously realized. Patrick Rothfuss said right now in the full flush of second reading, I think The Lies of Locke Lamora* is probably in my top 10 favorite books ever. Maybe my top five. If you haven't read it, you should. If you have read it, you should probably read it again. Uh, so these are two books that I, I recently purchased that I'm super excited to actually sit down and read through. I have not had a chance to even crack the covers of them. They're sitting on my end table in my living room and I, I need to, cause I'm, I'm really excited about taking a look at these. So that's some of the stuff I'm looking forward to. Well,
1: and I think when you grab some of those different books and stuff like that, it's, it's nice to uh, be inspired from a different direction. Right. Um, we get in the, the vein of reading, uh, you know, getting ready for the next campaign or studying the world that you're going to be playing in. And you kind of just get locked into this small little scope of what's there and then grab some other stories, get inspired by it. Um, and it, it helps a lot. I mean, it really it does. does.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's nice to like, uh, so, uh, you know, you're you're aware of this, but I've taken a step back from DMing and I'm just running the game on Monday and now Zach's running our Sunday's game. Um, for me, this gives me a chance now to dive back into one of my favorite pastimes, which is reading. And so that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to start picking up some books. So I got those two. I got another Horace Heresy novel because I'm a huge fan of those books. Um, and, and just, you know, just kind of grabbing things here and there. Uh, that I can start reading through, and I, I don't just read fantasy. I read other things as well. Like I have a book on uh, Norse gods. I have a. I just recently purchased a pocket guide to the Havamol. Um, you know things like that that I enjoy reading. Reading is without a doubt my favorite thing to do. I love to read, and sometimes it's you know reading RPGs, which I'm okay with that. But at some point, I have to take a break from trying to learn a system and and or learn a setting and read something for just pure enjoyment.
1: So I find that I get, I get really bad bouts of, as I call it, creative ADD where I can't, I can't wrap my hands around something. Um, I'll read 18, 20 pages of something. and be like, no, grab something else or I'll start a game and I'll just stare at the screen for a while. And I get so frustrated in that cycle that I'll just go to bed. Like I really get like decision paralysis to a point where I can't function. Um, and I find reading books, helps that if i can get into it um the other area that i struggle with that is i've stepped away from reading books because during that time period i've trained myself now to grab a pen and start writing so that way it's my ideas getting out versus being i don't know it's my uh, my theory of uh world of warcraft has destroyed my ability to create because i'm enjoying their story being in their world that I can't come up with an original idea so I've been kind of like you said trying to read stuff outside of fantasy so I can kind of be creative but the big thing like my character for D&D um, he speaks off he kind of has a whisper he's kind of gravel voice it's because of Jake the Snake Roberts <laughs> straight up just absolutely enjoyed the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts yeah it's a good and- movie yeah. And so seeing him and seeing kind of his mindset and looking at a and d character from a wrestler persona of playing a character um, it helped me do that kind of stuff. So that's been my motivation lately. Of Again, it's it's cool to find some of the stuff outside of the world and take a little bit of a break. But I'm getting to the point now where it's like I've got all these creative ideas and it's time to write again. So
0: that's awesome that is fantastic. yeah I keep telling myself like I have a bag that I keep stuff in um, that I want to like I, I always see these people coming to work with a backpack on right um Shane at your work's a great example Shane always has his backpack with him and and I'm I'm kind of like what the fuck do you carry in it? what do you need every day? And I, and I know there's people that carry backpacks every day. And I'm, this is a genuine question. What do you carry in your backpack that you need to have with you at all times? So I'm like, okay, maybe I should put together a backpack and have, like I have a, a book, a blank book that I wanted to use to, to write things in. And I just haven't ever been inspired to the point where I grab it and pull it out. Or truthfully, i I forget I even fucking have it. And typically like I'll carry the bag once or twice. And then I forget about the bag one time. And then I just don't ever carry it again.
1: I say Shane does judging her refereeing right afterwards. So it's his referee close. No. Just so you so can not anything put cool. that. So that way you could put that, uh, what's in the bag to rest. <laughs> so it's nothing cool. He's just
0: getting ready for his other job.
1: It's not a severed human head. You're fine.
0: Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. No.
1: No. I I, cool. I think that is a, a legit thing though. As far as having it there when inspiration, I like having notepads uh, at work. I have one set to the side that like I've got my work notepad, and then I've got one for like, well, that's a totally random thought. Get it down before it disappears. So yeah, I don't know. It's there's some cool stuff coming out. Uh, I feel like some some excitement, some redos, some some new stories. Um. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's nice to see a bunch of stuff coming. That's not, uh, not necessarily not D and D, but not, uh, Wizards of the coast related. Um, I, you know, we've got, is it Innistrad's coming back for magic? Um, I, I really like the full arts on those. So I'm curious to see that set. They're very, very spooky. Um, so hitting that theme there, but I don't know. There's some cool stuff coming out. Lots of digital things, uh it's going to be i don't know it's going to be a good time like especially once we start getting some of these kickstarters in our hand we're going yes. to be busy people for a while um but again it's i want to sit down and i want to write a, 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 a my own campaign at some point and it's really hard to do with all these cool ideas coming
0: yeah absolutely um so i am going to go ahead and grab the picture of thor and make sure we throw that in the show notes I'll also throw links in there to um uh, do, 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 the Prior of the Orange Tree, as well as Lies of Lock Lamora, 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 right? And then, um, did you have um, a link to the new Star Wars stuff?
1: I did not, just because it was, it's, it's, it's nothing you got to get excited about. It's a trailer of one of the protagonists doing her opener speech and a bunch of shadows and no gameplay. I mean, it's just a, it's a teaser. Who knows when we're going to see it? It was enough that to, to be like oh damn it more money well i'll see if i can find that trailer, and trailer i don't and even have a playstation yet. 5 and if they're gonna make no, me buy me one and, and i can't play it on the pc i'm gonna be mad
0: <sighs> damn well no yeah. one i think i think that's everything for this week
1: yeah well, we did a good solid ramble for an hour we appreciate you guys bearing with us in this slow news time we are getting closer i think a couple weeks out to to some D&D books coming out. I really wouldn't mind taking a look at some of the the character creation options there now that I realize that I wouldn't mind being a rabbit person. So uh, I will actually give it a shot outside of some of the cool art. You want to talk about, just, could you imagine a five-foot-tall rabbit just with, like, a monk love, You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting there like, I can't, they're so fast and jittery already. You would never touch it. Like, my mind is, like, getting warped here, so I'm going to have to let it go.
0: Well, you you and your Harvey go uh, create that character and let us know how it turns out. Yeah, can't wait. Well, that's awesome. I Like I said, I'll throw links in the show notes for these books as well as cinemas. Uh, I'll see if I can find that Knights of the Old Republic one and throw it in there as well so people can check that out. Other than that, that is our show for this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for checking us out. Have a good one.